Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Now, my question is, what is Dogecoin? Glad you asked. It's a good question. Well, it's the future of currency. It's an unstoppable financial vehicle that's going to take over the world. I get that, but uh, what is it, man? <laughs> I keep telling you, it's a cryptocurrency you can trade for conventional money. Oh, so it's a hustle. Yeah, it's a hustle. Elon Musk saying Dogecoin is a hustle after Ooh. I had invested every penny so, I have in Dogecoin. So. And it's down 30% over the weekend. Elon Musk can move markets like that. What do you think of the monologue? I read that it was great. It was really funny. And I found it endearingly awkward, but no, it was fine. I'd say endearingly awkward is a pretty good description, yeah. which is which is usually what you get out of the non-actor class. Yeah. Well, yeah. and as a dad of a kid with Asperger's uh, syndrome, he clearly is correct. He, he has Asperger's, and he hmm. knows it. Um, uh, yeah, he said that he announced on Saturday Night Live he's the first person with Asperger's, Asperger's to yeah. host the show, mm-hmm. which was a cool thing to say. Yeah, or at least the first to admit it. He and said. he had his mom on, so that was nice. That was sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, so a couple of uh, celebrities you should definitely never listen to on any topic coming out uh, as they have revealed their utter stupidity. Of course, you know, which celebrities should you not listen to? All of them, really. Because somebody squeezes air over their vocal cords and it makes a pleasing sound. The idea that their opinion should be given more weight than literally anybody is a really funny notion. That's what you call singing? Squeezing air over your vocal folds? Essentially, yeah, essentially. Uh, this is interesting from Pew Research Center. Uh, only 9% of adult social media users say they often post or share things about political or social issues on social media. We've talked about this sort of thing, but as these polls come out, it's interesting. Only 9% of social media users, and not right. everybody's a social media user. Yeah, yeah, and some 70% say they never or rarely do any opinion stuff. So it's about 9%. Uh, the reasons why are kind of interesting. The biggest group is they don't want the things they post or share to be used against them. Get doxxed, get targeted. Mm, interesting. You run out of your job. So it's fear. The second group is about the same. It's uh, 32% as opposed to 33%. Don't want to be attacked for their views. Wait a minute. That's the same thing, essentially. <laughs> so 55% are afraid. 23% said they don't have anything to add to the conversation, which I admire your I, restraint, I wish and thank m- you. I wish more people realized they were in that group. Yes. You've got nothing to add to the conversation. Not a crime, not a fault. You're probably good at other things. Right. <laughs> Is this going to make it better or just longer? <laughs> and 20% don't want to offend others. But what was really interesting is the people who are most or least likely to offer their views on social media are the most moderate people. Maybe it's because they probably aren't passionately moderate. But uh, let's see if you okay. if you're 68 percent of conservative Republican leaning uh, never or rarely post. 83% of moderate to liberal never post. Oh, here's the interesting part. So 68% of uh, conservatives uh, never post. Uh, Only 56% of liberals, uh, lean liberals, never post. You know, if I didn't have this job, I wouldn't 
I wouldn't say political things on social media, I don't think. I mean, if, if, if I was just like a regular person and like I got friends following me and stuff like that, because I don't want to get into it with friends and hurt I, anybody's feelings. I'm not or sure anything. what the upside for a lot of it is, unless yeah. you're actively trying to make that kind of your brand and build a following around it. Right, and you're going to decide that I'm going to only hang out with and be friends with people who agree with me, I guess. Because otherwise, you, it's just, you know, it's weird. Yeah, I weren't we better off when people didn't talk about controversial issues amongst themselves? I mean, among a group of friends? Like a bar- backyard barbecue is always seen as like really uncool if you just, you know, throw out a abortion is murder or you know, or the Trump Hitler or whatever it is um right. at a backyard barbecue. Well, if you're a regular person and your social media is just your group of friends, it's the same thing, isn't it? I would agree. And keep in mind that when those uh, standards, those mores were popular, you don't bring up religion or politics at a social gathering. Uh, most Americans were on a pretty narrow ideological band. I mean, the, a Republican and a Democrat had 80% overlap sure. policy-wise. Now we're, we're super, you know, divided and out there at the extremes to, you know, a lot of people are. And people are more than anxious to throw their political opinions out constantly. I, Judy and I were uh, were kicking around some art galleries in a touristy little town, and uh, there were people sharing their politics out loud with strangers, like during a, a transaction. I was like, "What's the matter with you?" <laughs> well, it's it's the way people see themselves. It is not surprising, getting back to this poll, that uh, the um, the number of conservatives who are afraid of being attacked online is uh, significantly bigger than uh, liberals. 73% of conservatives and only 52% of liberals are concerned that they'll be attacked for expressing themselves online because social media is overwhelmingly left. Well, right. So that's just the numbers make sense on that. Yeah. You're much more yeah. likely to get the, the crap beaten out of you verbally if you, uh, if you say something strong from the right than from the left. Just numbers on that yeah but i think the most important number of the takeaway is it's nine percent of adult social media users often share political stuff so they're uh they're moving toward vaccinating children now and um i just saw a poll that uh how parents feel about getting their kids vaccinated only 29 percent of parents say they're going to do it right away only 29 percent uh that's much lower than the numbers were for adults and uh, that's like less than half isn't it yeah and um and then you've got a big crowd of gonna wait and see no i won't blah 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 and uh i don't don't know i'm 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 not i'm not gonna be in a hurry to get my kids vaccinated i don't one i don't see why i need to um uh i mean if dr gottlieb and others are saying the the state i live in has got so low covid that you can take off masks indoors. They need to release the indoor mask mandates. Well, if there's so little COVID around, and it doesn't really hurt kids, um, even if you get it. I just why would I want to? Why would I want to do that? You know, if I had a kid with an immune issue, I would ask the pediatrician. Mm. I would discuss it with them. But otherwise, no. I mean, like any decision, especially a medical decision, you're balancing risk and reward. And if there's very little reward for getting it, avoiding the disease, what's the point? Yeah. If there's any risk, yeah. And I don't think there's much risk, but, you know, some people I like and respect uh, think there is. So. To the vaccine or? To the vaccine, yeah. Yeah. Well, or, or at least it's it's an unknown and they don't trust the people involved. Right. 
Yeah. Huh. And what do you know about this pipeline, the cyber attack on the pipeline? I keep seeing the headline, but I haven't looked into this story. You know, I just read a piece that uh, made it clear that our critical infrastructure is is highly at risk of hacks and and cybercrime and, and ransomware and the rest of it. And we really need to do something about it. But this specific attack, I don't know much about. So a major uh, cyber attack on a critical pipeline, according to Good Morning America, uh, gas prices might go up uh, because of that. But um, that aside, they're calling out the Russians as being behind it. How long can countries attack our infrastructure without us responding like in a really strong way? Now, people, you know, you and others, me and others, would say, well, we are. You know, just you don't hear about it. Maybe. Maybe we should respond in a way that we do hear about. So the whole world hears, hey, this is what happens if you do, if you mess around with the United States. Yeah, they're going to kick your ass, so maybe you shouldn't do that. Yeah, so maybe it's not a good idea. You can't just keep poking us and poking us and poking us, and we just go, hey, quit. You're not supposed to do that. You know, that's against the rules. This is, is a, a 19th century act in a, you know, go John Kerry on them. Which I feel like is our response. Now, Actually, me. computer hacking is clearly not a 19th century act. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my question, and yes. maybe some uh, tech guys or hackers can uh, can inform uh, us uh, as to the truth of this. What's what's the level of certainty? Is like the highest level of certainty in these things eighty percent certain, or is it close to a hundred? Or well, how how sure are we that Fancy Bear or Naughty Bear or, or Disco Bear or whatever Bear rushes throwing at us? Disco Bear. What, how how sure are we they're behind it? I don't know what sure me even means. Yeah, yeah. Attribution does end up being a problem, but um, I feel like we got to blow something up. You attacked our our uh, pipeline. It no longer works in the same way that if you, I, I still don't understand why we can't get around this. So if a Russian agent snuck into the United States and blew something up, even if it didn't hurt anybody, it's in a field in the middle of nowhere. But it ru- you know it, it ruined our pipeline for a while. I think that we absolutely would blow up something of theirs. Yes, but if they do the same thing with the computer, we just uh, I wish you'd stop doing that. I think I we ought to blow something up. Hey, you cyber attack this. You know what we're good at? We're good at this. Bluey, you're now we blew that up. So knock it off. Hack into Putin's favorite solitaire app. <laughs> Show him he never wins. We're def- <laughs> Till it drives him crazy. <laughs> we're definitely the most careful superpower that's ever existed. I mean, Genghis Khan or the Roman Empire or, you know, the Brits back in the day or anybody else that's been a superpower, they didn't uh, they didn't react to the rest of the world poking them this way. No, I, I, I find it hard to believe that we're not reacting, that we're not taking we jabs. I hope we are. Maybe we are. And I'm just a stupid person on the radio with well, that second part. You know, it's true in a lot of your eyes. But so you're you're thinking we ought to like what are those towers at the Kremlin? They look like an onion sitting on exactly a, or like a beet they're, sitting on the top of a candlestick. They're, they're churches. Blowing up churches oh, is oh, not really generally realize, oh. generally seen as that cool thing. I thought those were like government buildings. No, those okay. are churches. Yeah. Oh, I'll be danged. Um, the godless communists, big, beautiful churches. That's mm. interesting. Yeah, well, they turned them into government offices, but that's what they are were originally. Yeah. Oh, I see. Well, uh, I'm back to bombing them. <laughs> Just because it was a church at one point, God is everywhere. God's not in a particular building. There you go. Blow them up. Uh-huh. Um, war, so, war. If you know more about that, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Oh, and I keep meaning to mention, you can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. 
Um, uh, Caitlyn Jenner is back in the news. Uh, she's running for governor. Uh, latest on that situation. That rocket did fall out of the sky, landed in the ocean. Nobody got hurt. So you can get, you can, you can march if you're BLM. You can mo- march if you're pot smokers in New York, but you can't march if you're, uh, veterans of, uh, wars or that sort of stuff. Very angering story that I heard over the weekend. Disney has gone super woke with their anti-racist agenda for employees. It would be very hard for me to work for Disney, given what they're putting out. This is one of the great battles of our time. You have some states banning that stuff, the critical race theory, and some are are enforcing it. It made it mandatory. And one of Bill Maher's guests on Friday night did not like this sort of stuff. If you haven't heard it, stay tuned. Really interesting episode of Bill Maher on Friday night on HBO, and he had on James McCorder, who I catch on a lot of podcasts, and um, it's interesting, you know, some of the best thinkers on all this critical race stuff pushing back against it aren't people whose expertise is this area. James Lindsay, who I love, he's a mathematics professor. This James McCorder, he's an English professor, linguistics and philosophy, but he's just, he as a black guy hates this whole ridiculous uh, notion that uh, his people are so fragile and uh, so weak-willed that, that all this crazy critical race stuff needs to happen. And I think it's interesting that the liberal Bill Maher introduced James McCorder as one of his ideological heroes, somebody he just admires more than anybody and just can't wait to hear Mm. everything he has to say. This is something James McWhorter said Friday night. You read a book like, and yeah, we're going to have to be specific, White Fragility, which basically says that black people are these hothouse flowers where everybody has to tiptoe around us, and you know, we're always crying, and we're always angry, and we're just so very, very, very delicate. I don't feel like that person. That book is talking down to me as far as I'm concerned. It should it really be used should be to called keep black tables. Fragility, right? Yes, yes, it should be used to keep tables from wobbling. That is the only use for that book. <laughs> and yet, you, you, you look on Facebook and you have people saying, I'm doing the work and reading this book. And I think to myself, <laughs> they are doing the work of making me into a perfect idiot. Right. And yes, why don't more of my fellow black people feel that way? And it's because of a very human thing, which is that it is a very human thing to take on the victim identity. All people do it. We've all known people like that. A way you can do it, if you're a black person, and all of us need to grab onto something sometimes, is to read a book like that and think, yes, I need to be treated that way. And I am going to start actively parsing it that way, because I don't think people realize what silly babies books like that make us look like. So something, something needs to be said. Silly babies. Really interesting to hear the spirited applause and, and, and cheers of the audience, too. It just shows you what a small but powerful cabal the woke crowd is. White fragility, and then he badmouths the, uh, the, 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 the Kendi book, uh, Anti-Racism. Both books that are being purchased by your local school with your tax money and being taught to your children. And he says the books are garbage and should be used only to, you know, level a table. <sighs> It's unbelievable to me that this is being pushed in my schools and in, in all government agencies. 
In Washington State, Jay Inslee, he mandated it, would require public employees in elementary and high schools, community colleges, state colleges and universities, and medical schools to attend mandatory sessions in the controversial and dehumanizing concept known as critical race theory. That is a uh, part of an actual letter from a bunch of uh, activists of various uh, colors and ethnicities who think it's, it's dangerous garbage. Uh, Disney goes woke with new anti-racist agenda for employees. Headline in the New York Post, Disney is pushing critical race theory on employees through a new plan called Reimagine Tomorrow, urging workers to recognize their white privilege based on this book in a battery of training modules on topics such as systemic racism and white fertility, according to Christopher Rufo, who's one of the activists against this, who got to this from Disney. I'm sure plenty of people were, were happy to leak it out to him. And uh, you're supposed to, as a parent there, they're telling you at Disney, you're supposed to uh, raise race-conscious children and realize that even babies discriminate against members of the other races. That comes from either the anti-racist book Garbage or the White Fragility Garbage. Uh, this is all just garbage. And companies like Disney and others in our government or schools are pushing it. It's amazing to me. you got to sue them. So, and I have a list of lawsuits that are going on right now. If you're being discriminated against or badmouthed on the basis of your race, sue your employer. If they drag you into a room and say white people are bad, sue them. School my son used to go to put out an email. They were so proud that they bought brought, bought how many ever copies of these books yeah. for the school. Just unfreaking believable. It's garbage. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Betamethasone, even though it's an allowed therapeutic medication, we did not give it. Medina Spirit has never been treated with betamethasone. Yesterday, I got the biggest gut punch in racing for something that I didn't do. And this is really disturbing. It's an injustice to the horse. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know what's going on lying. in racing right now. He's lying. Injustice to the right. horse. It's horse a trainer for the Kentucky Derby winning horse that was on PCP or whatever the heck the horse was on. Made it, it hit some sort of anti-inflammatory, I guess. And so it hit 75 home runs in a season or whatever it did. That <laughs> I horse. don't think you follow horse racing, do you? Broke the four-minute mile. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's an so, injustice to the horse. <laughs> I agree with Donald. I agree with... We need horse justice. <laughs> so I agree with Donald J. Trump, who tweeted out yesterday, or did whatever he did from the desk of Donald J. Trump. So now even our Kentucky Derby winner is a junkie. This is emblematic of what is happening to our country. The whole world is laughing at us as we go to hell on our borders, our fake presidential election, and everywhere else. So I agree. So is that the origin of all the junky horse tweets that I saw floating around (laughs) yesterday? Yes. Okay. Yes. It makes sense now. Even our horses are junkies. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) On the performance-hancing drugs so they can win their races. I don't know what they put in my feed. All I know is I got nervous and kicked a guy. And he flew 75 feet through the air. (laughs) (laughs) All right, whatever. That'd be two years in a row, because something went funky with the Derby last year, right? Wasn't it uh, they disqualified a horse for bumping another horse? Well, all of that's uh, yesterday's news anyway, because people are now breeding digital horses and spending real money with NFTs. (laughs) Digital horse races, so we'll get to that later. Jeff Bezos (laughs) is building a yacht so big... 
and it's got its own yacht. What? A yacht that's so big it has its own yacht. It's a meta yacht. Its own separate yacht. Uh, what does a yacht need a yacht for? It's a yacht. Speaking of billionaires, why Bill and Melinda Gates might be splitting up, and I thought there was not a chance I could be interested in this story, but I am kind of interested in this. You Mama, know, I could see putting a yurt on a yacht. <laughs> or maybe a yacht in Yacht. Maybe a yacht in a yurt if it was a big enough yurt, but a yacht on a yacht is just unnecessary. And all that. But uh, Jonathan Swan, who is one of our favorite journalists around here, um, he uh, has been looking into the whole infrastructure quadrillion dollars we're spending and how it's going to affect America. And he had this to say over the weekend. The problem with tying this sort of conceptually to what's coming next with infrastructure is it's, it's sort of... It's kind of bogus because what the White House will tell you is this infrastructure plan is spaced out over a number of years. It's actually long-term investment. And this is not going to solve some monthly employment blip. We're talking about, you know, rebuilding the nation's infrastructure over a really long period of time with spaced out spending. So everyone will do their sort of political hackery and say, this justifies my position. But the fact is that there's a pretty tenuous connection between the, the infrastructure part and, you know, trying to get, get the immediate task of getting Americans back to work and back into the workplace. Yeah. A tenuous connection. Yeah, I would say. You know, I, I tend to try a little peek behind the curtain. I tend to just make my arguments from a place of logic and not come off as as ranting right-wingy guy, even though I know I do sometimes. But I will tell you this. We have a labor shortage, which is going to cause, it already has, cause wages to go up to get people to come to work. That's going to cause even more inflation. We're playing with fire right here. And the reason people aren't going back to work, the reasons are entirely from left-wing politics. An overblown fear of the COVID. It's an anti-Trump tribal thing. The teachers' unions extorting the states and your cities and your parents and the rest of it, claiming it's about COVID, but it's not. And they are have, they are covered by their protectors in left-wing government. You have the, the overly generous, generous government benefits flowing out of these so-called COVID relief bills. It's now more lucrative to stay home than to go to work, even though Joe Biden, and this is hilarious, denied that on Friday. Going on. The schools being closed means moms, especially, are having a hard time working because they got to be teaching their kid and taking care of their kid because their kid isn't at school. There is enormous damage being done to America's economy right now by the politics of the left. And I just I wish more people were talking about it honestly. And if I if I thought the Republicans were, I almost swore, messing up the economy, somehow, I would tell you so. What word were you going to say there almost? You know, mucking it up. Oh, okay, gotcha. If you will, yeah. I just it's it's all coming from one place right now, and it's it's crazy, and we are playing with fire. Speaking of labor and that sort of thing, are you hip to the whole price of lumber thing? Yeah, I was playing golf the other day and uh, having a little cocktail afterward with some of the fellas, and one guy. Uh, he won like 20 bucks, and the joke was he was going to run to Lowe's as quick as he could and buy another couple of two-by-fours right. for the house he's building because it was so expensive. And Craig Gottwalls actually sent us a link to uh, Zero Hedge where they're talking, comparing what $50,000 worth of lumber could have built last May 5th versus this May 5th. 
for $50,000 worth of lumber last year, you could have built 10 and a half. Well, I'm sorry, but 10.5. That's not right. It's 10.05, Joe. Slightly over 10. Can we agree on that? Call I hate it 10. We, I'm fine with it. I, I hate when we argue. Uh, 10 single family homes. 10. Now it's two. Whoa. Just the price of lumber alone. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah and, there, and there are all kinds of examples of that out there. And like you said, how much of it is uh, inflation? How much of it is weird supply chain stuff? Um, it's mostly that, according to Weyerhaeuser and Georgia Pacific and, and the big lumber companies. It's that, mostly supply chain and labor. Can that cause inflation? Uh, yes. That, that's my concern, because... I wasn't aware until I did a deep dive on inflation on a podcast how much of it is um, psychological, how much inflation is psychological. I always thought it was purely an economic thing, but so much of it is psych- psychological. And that's why you can you can end up with a, a self-fulfilling prophecy, and it's so hard to get out of. And it's scary. Well, I'm looking at the lumber futures chart here. It looks like Dogecoin, whatever that is. It just (laughs) skyrocketed. It's now setting records. Please, it's five times higher than the previous record. That's just crazy. And, yeah, that causes upward pressure on all prices. Uh, Oh, you know what? I said two celebrities you should never listen to about anything. You should never listen to any celebrities on any topic unless their arguments make particular sense to you. Uh, The first, and, and again, just because somebody squeezes air over their vocal cords and it makes a pleasant noise doesn't mean you should listen to them or respect them any more than anybody else. Pop star Demi Lovato is actually mentally ill. Hasn't she dealt with some problems? She almost died from an overdose, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, in and her now late... she's what she calls California sober, where you're kind of sober most of the time, but you well, know. you just drink and smoke pot. Yeah, but you don't. No, none of the hard stuff. That stuff kills, folks. But she uh, went on an online rant on Instagram, attacking the Big Chill Frozen Yogurt Shop in L.A. Why? For being alleged diet vultures. She had to go past the low-fat and sugar-free frozen yogurts and treats, and she claims it was triggering for her to pass, walk past sugar-free cookies. Find it extremely hard to order Froyo from the Big Chill when you have to walk past tons of sugar-free cookies and other diet foods before you get to the counter. Do better, please. Hashtag diet culture vultures. I don't know what that one is. I don't know what diet culture vultures are. I'm sorry. I still don't. You just explained it. I still don't understand. Yeah, yeah. You can find a way to provide an inviting environment for all people with different needs, including eating disorders. One of the deadliest mental illnesses, only second opioid overdoses. Don't make excuses. Just do better. Well, my response to that, if I owned the place, would be, I guess you'll have to get your yogurt somewhere else. (laughs) Please go somewhere else. So evidently that is a thing. Diet vultures, if you have, like, sugar-free options, and that's triggering to some people. And then Sarah Silverman. Called comedian, yes, exactly. Uh, Called Caitlyn Jenner a. It rhymes with what, and starts with T. I think we were following you before you got even closer to that. Okay, I didn't know. I wasn't sure. Um, Called Caitlyn Jenner a that the four letter T word for acknowledging biological differences and advocating separation of sports by biology. Silverman even suggested Jenner was transgender is transphobic. I saw Caitlyn Jenner saying trans girls should not play girls sports. Caitlyn, you're a woman, right? A trans girl is a girl. She should have the same rights as cis girls. You're an idiot. 
<laughs> You're an absolute idiot, Sarah Silverman. <laughs> okay. What about tall girls as opposed to short girls? What about boys in high school who are teeny tiny and their teammates have already hit puberty and are shaving? Mm. Well, the, the teeny tiny boys probably shouldn't play football because football, they'll get killed. Right. And, I, and, I shouldn't have, and I did. And big old former guy girls are going to kill the other girls. So that shouldn't be allowed. Crazy. Bruce Jenner was the best athlete on the planet as a dude. Broke the world record for the decathlon at the time. Can you imagine what he'd have done to the women's division? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yep. He'd have really set a record. It'd have been hard to break. Journal of Applied Physiology shows men have approximately 40% greater upper body strength and 33% greater lower body strength than women. Mm, yes, I do. Etc. The idea that if you've been a girl for a little while, all of that goes away is idiotic. Sarah Silverman, you are an idiot. So Jeff Bezos' new yacht will have its own yacht. Um, uh, well, let me tell you about the yacht first, then I'll give my commentary. Its uh, total cost is going to be about a half a billion dollars. Half of a billion dollars. He's going to spend almost $500 million on this project. It'll be among the biggest yachts ever built, and it's giant, but it doesn't have a helipad, and he needs a helipad, so it's going to have a separate yacht that travels with it that has the helipad on it. Like an auxiliary yacht? I guess. So the yacht comes with a yacht. It's 417 feet long, multiple decks, three masts, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'm a capitalist, and people get to do whatever they want with their money. Um, I'm all for that. I don't like this sort of thing, though. I don't. It, it makes me not admire you, Jeff Bezos. Uh, you become a gazillionaire, and you dedicate your life to wiping out malaria in Africa or whatever, like uh, Bill Gates has done, or you you know you do whatever a lot of the super rich do. I nope. just super big boat. If I have a half a billion, if I'm going to spend a half a billion dollars. And again, I don't want to come off like Bernie Sanders or something like that, but God dang it, if you got a half a billion dollars, put it all into the foster care system in America or something. No, uh, a boat a, big enough to have another boat. Having a cooler yacht. I just, my, I just can't even imagine. Me personally, if I had that kind of money, it would not be on my mind to have an even better yacht or an even cooler car or an even whatever. Listen to St. Jack, folks. Listen to him over yeah, there. I think big I'm a, I, boat. Yeah, I'm not a saint, but I think I'm a better person than Jeff Bezos. My yacht has a yacht. Now, that yacht doesn't have a yacht, but it has a helicopter. The helicopter has a jet ski. The jet <laughs> ski actually has a skateboard. Weirdly enough, that skateboard has another yacht. <laughs> it takes it takes quite a while to get organized to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 500-foot yacht. Maybe just like, uh, you know, the bobbin on the ocean. He wants to be comfortable. 500 feet? Yeah, I'm not saying you're, you're, you got a gazillion dollars, you don't have to fly coach and wear uncomfortable shoes and drive a <laughs> Corolla, but come on, really? Yeah. That's what you want to be? Some of the, some of the great super rich people in history have been such great philanthropists, and it's just all, uh, J.D. Rockefeller, I read a great 9,000 page vi- biography of him, but man, he was such a churchgoer, and just all he, when he became the richest person in the world, he immediately retired and spent the rest of his life on giving money away hmm. to the right charities to try to make the world a better Yawn. place. His yeah. Instagram account would have sucked. He did how, not how big have was his boat? a giant yacht with another yacht. How much is Bezos worth at this point? Uh, $180 billion, I think, was the last oh number I saw. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy money. So he spent one 360th of his wealth on a half-billion-dollar yacht. I don't know. 
I want a boat. No, you I think it, yell at me for getting a boat. No, I think it just makes him a shallow person. <laughs> to me, that makes him. I don't think much of him now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not for you, dude. You got a cooler yacht. Yeah, than but other that people. yacht can travel in deep waters. Huh? I'm trying to play with your shallow uh, phrase there. Mr. Shirtless Selfie. Of course, the kind of guy that's posting shirtless selfies is the kind of guy that's going to have a giant yacht. (laughs) I guess. He's also single now, too? Come on. Come on. My yacht has a yacht, he says to the (laughs) chick. I wonder if uh, Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos are going to go out to hit the bars and stuff. Pick up chicks. Why did Bill and Melinda Gates split up uh, in rich divorce news? It's got to do with Jeffrey Epstein, according to the Wall Street Journal, which is writing about it today. Yeah. Hmm. I will stay tuned. Among other things on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Sometimes after I say something, I have to say, I mean that. (laughs) So people really know that I mean it. That's because I don't always have a lot of international variation in how I speak. (laughs) Which I'm told makes for great comedy. So, uh, Elon Musk uh, hosting Saturday Night Live and mentioning he has Asperger's, which, did we know that going into Saturday Night Live? I'm not sure I did. I don't recall hearing it. Uh, it does explain the way he talks, though, mm-hmm. uh, in his intonation, as he said. So, uh, man, we seem to be fixated on the world's richest people, right? We were just talking about Jeff Bezos's yacht that has, is going to have a, its own yacht. Yes. We just played so Elon. So it doesn't get lonely at night. Elon Musk hosting Saturday Night Live, and now I got a Bill and Melinda Gates story. That's the three richest people in the world, mm. all in one segment. Maybe we're too focused. I don't know. Coming up next, we'll enjoy guacamole with Carlos Slim. <laughs> That's another rich person. Is he still on the uh, top five list? I think the, tele- he, the Mexican telecom. Uh, I think genius? He, I think he dropped way down the list because all the people that are involved somehow in tech just skyrocket. Remember the richest man in the world? He, he used to be around fifty billion dollars. It's now I think one eighty. I think. I mean, wow. it just skyrocketed in the last year. And Berserkerberg is he on the uh, list these days still? I think so. Yeah, okay. Um. Uh. Next hour, hour. Yeah, Zuckerberg's like 115, 115 billion. Please, couch money. Uh, hour three, the Armstrong and Getty show. We'll talk about the mask argument has now gone indoors. My favorite guy on all this, Dr. Gottlieb, says you can stop wearing masks indoors. Hey, cities like San Francisco, you don't need to have an indoor mask mandate, let alone an outdoor mask mandate, for crying out loud. Utterly indefensible. And everybody's known it for months. Anyway, that next hour. According to the Wall Street Journal, Bill Gates and his wife, the split began in 2019 over ties to to, uh, Epstein. When Bill and Melinda Gates announced last week that they were ending their marriage, they didn't offer a reason for the split. And I didn't care. And I thought, why would anybody care? Mm -mm. Celebrity divorces are not really my thing. Uh, but per a new report from the Wall Street Journal, Melinda Gates had met with attorneys from multiple law firms and started ending their irretrievably broken union in 2019, with sources noting that the move was partly due to her husband's relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, boy. Wait a minute. If it was an innocent relationship, you wouldn't end a marriage. Um, 
Obviously, well, anyway, I'll just read on. The latter had, uh, the blah, 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 uh, Epstein had already been convicted of sex crimes by the time he first started meeting with Bill Gates in 2011. And in September 2013, both Bill and Melinda Gates got together with Epstein in New York City. Sources tell the outlet that the meeting was a turning point, with Melinda Gates relaying to her husband how uncomfortable Epstein made her and that she didn't want any part of being around him. One source notes it wasn't surprising Melinda Gates was so put off by Epstein as he was an obnoxious guy who men, made many people feel ill at ease, even without the sexual crimes hanging over his head. Despite her reservations, however, Bill and other Gates Foundation staff continued to meet with Epstein, per the Wall Street Journal. Um, Bill Gates. Meet with him? Yeah. Under what circumstances? Oh, just business stuff, it's it says here. all very vague. All, all business and philanthropic stuff, but my guess is she didn't like his vibe and had heard the rumors. And I don't want to be involved with him about anything. And he kept going forward with it. And she must have some feeling that, well, I don't know. Well, you know, it can turn into something. He, she felt like he was disregarding her feelings on the topic. She found him repugnant, and it just it's his, so it becomes a sore point. Yeah, well, yeah, and particularly, you know, if she'd heard all the sex stuff, and I'm sure she had, you know, running the circles they run in, why are you hanging out and still meeting with this guy? I mean, what the hell? Did he ever go to Purvo Island? I'm just going to help him fix his laptop, honey. Yeah, for help a him week. with his password or something. Armstrong and Getty.